everybody and welcome. You are listening to the Power Hour here at CJLO 1690 AM in Montreal. My name is William Power. I'm with my buddy Dominic Demeester. Holy smokes, what a week one we had in the NFL. A ton of stuff to talk about. It, oh my God, it was bananas. It was bananas. Dominic, we waited several months to get football back and we could have seen a bunch of games that finished in 0-0 ties and we would have been happy. But I don't think we could have asked for a better week one. And, and since I've been watching football, Dominic, I don't know if there's been a more exciting week one uh, to the NFL. William, it was absolutely crazy. I think they said something that they hadn't seen so many close games week one in the longest time. Quite frankly, I was entertained with the games that I was watching. So I don't know about you. You sound like you were entertained, but whoo, week one's in the books. Let's bring on week two. Well, Dominic, you bring up a good point. I'm like looking at the scores this past weekend and you got a one point game in Atlanta, a two point game in Carolina. Since he goes to overtime, they lose by only three. The Lions, a three point game. Houston and Indianapolis tie. Uh, the Commanders win by only six. The Giants win by one. Chargers by five. And then Monday night, it was a one-point game. It was like almost as if every single like game in the one o'clock slot, Dominic, came to the end. Let's let's start to those uh, with those games. I was watching the Dolphins game, of course. Uh, that one wasn't too close, but I had no complaints here as my Dolphins ended up uh, beating the Patriots. But the amount of games that came down to last-minute kicks, hitting off the upright, Dominic, May as well start with your Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, your Steelers coming off a 23-20 overtime win over the Bengals. What a crazy game. Jamar Chase gets a touchdown. Basically, as time expires, the Bengals are going to kick an extra point to win the game. Minka Fitzpatrick blocks it, who already got a pick six in the game. Then they both decide they don't want to win the game. They miss two field goals each. And then after that, finally, Boswell comes in and uh, kicks the game-winning field goal, Dominic, for your Pittsburgh Steelers, 23-20. to That, for me, was the game of the week. It was a game of, of roller coaster of emotions. I can only imagine how you felt watching this game, Dominic, but very impressive win by the Steelers. Uh, unfortunately, they'll have to deal with injury news, but uh, take the win when you can get them. And that game was an incredible, incredible finish uh, there in Cincinnati, Dominic. 100% William AFC North football. This is what it's all about. It's a dog fight. Every single game. Uh, my hat's off to Pat Fryermuth. You know, he led the team in receiving yards, 75 yards, not a huge stat, but did just enough to get that field goal lined up at the end of the game for Pittsburgh to take the W also hats off to Jamar chase, you know, 10 receptions, 129 yards in one TD. It looks like he's just right back where he left off last year. On a down note, I didn't think Mitch Strabinski played really well this game. 194 yards, one TD. But then again, it's Mitch Strabinski. There's not much more to say about that. On a sad note, yes, TJ Watt is going to be out. They say now for six weeks. Could have been the, the entire year, but six weeks, we'll take that. I think Pittsburgh pretty much put the pedal to the metal against Cincinnati. Got a lot of injuries. Now they're going to be limping in against an 0-1 New England Patriots team. Yeah, uh, a lot of good stuff you said there, Dom. Chubisky, yeah, like you said, stats weren't that impressive. He was good enough for them to get the win. This was kind of a win by uh, by the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. And, you know, what a way to start off the season by uh, the pick six with Fitzpatrick. And, like, this is incredible, Dom. You're talking about Joe Burrow, really the, the face of the NFL, the next, like, uh, stud as you want to call it uh, taking over football getting sacked seven times in this game throwing four interceptions uh, and almost almost uh, coming away with the victory there so the Steelers were incredibly impressive on the defensive side of the ball um, but yeah Trubisky you know nothing to to really uh, be super super excited about I think it's a matter of time before um, Kenny Picking it comes out and starts out for these Pittsburgh Steelers, Dominic. I think, I think, and I thought he should have been the starter coming into week one. He wasn't. Maybe Kenny Pickett is, uh, you know, kind of going to learn from the, the quote-unquote veteran there. But I think it's just a matter of time before uh, we see Kenny Pickett there. And George Pickens, Dominic, having a quiet game, you know, only three receiving yards. But uh, still, you know, it's crazy to think that after everything that happened, the Steelers uh, were still able to come away with the victory with Trubisky not having a great game, uh, with the injuries that they were dealt with Pickett having a quiet game uh but uh all in all just uh the same an incredible game definitely my pick for a game of the week that happened dominic what was uh, another game that caught uh, your attention over the weekend yeah i was uh 
pleasantly surprised with the victory of the Washington Commanders, <laughs> a team that I'm picking to really finish dead last in that division. But boy, is that division now up for grabs with the injury to Dak Prescott. Let's talk Carson Wentz here, 313 yards, four TDs. I mean, it's Carson Wentz, not super flashy, but enough to get it done. And uh, I'm going to say as well, Antonio Gibson, you know, he was uh, kind of in the doghouse during the preseason, but he came out to ball as well. 14 carries, 58 yards, but seven receptions for 72 yards. This is the motor of this offense, in my opinion. Add in a bit of a Terry McLaren here and young rookie Johan Dotson there. And you got yourself a pretty good competitive team right now with the Washington Commanders. Granted, they played against the Jacksonville Jaguars, which, again, I talked about Doug Peterson. And when Christian Kirk is your leading right receiver, <laughs> Marvin Jones and Zay Jones, I mean, like, come on, man. Jacksonville's going nowhere this year. Congratulations to the Commanders for a nice victory. Dotson, Dominic, was a guy that you talked about in the offseason. The rookie getting two touchdowns in his debut. A very nice touchdown in the uh, fourth quarter there, really. The game-winning TD. A defender draped all over him. A nice dime by Carson Wentz. And even a nicer catch by Dotson there. So, great debut by him. Jacksonville had this game. They were up. Well, it was a back-and-forth type game. But they were up in the fourth quarter. And then the Washington Commanders said, nah, uh you're not going to spoil this party. Trevor Lawrence... I feel like he just tried to do a little bit too much, Dominic. That last last throw of the game for him, that interceptions that he that he um, that he overthrew his receiver. He was you know escaping the pocket, rolling to his left, and look, you you want to be the hero for your team. I think he just tried to do a little bit too much there. Unfortunately, I was hoping the Jags would get this victory for him. Um, and uh, yeah, Travis attend to making uh, his his uh, NFL debut. He dropped the TD in this game, Dominic. That was quite surprising. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, you come back and it's it's not just one or two plays that make the difference in this game, but in a game that was super tight, Dominic, you got to look back at those and, you know, you think that the Jags had opportunities to win this game. Uh, unfortunately for them, came up short, but, uh, you know, I, I'm kind of with you. I don't think Jackson was going to go too, too far this year, but I do expect him to be competitive um, in most games there. Another game I want to jump to, Dominic, the 1 o'clock games, the Saints and the Atlanta Falcons. Dominic, stop me if you've heard this before. The Atlanta Falcons blow a lead. They were winning this game 26-10 to 10 in the fourth quarter, and the New Orleans Saints come storming back. It was Michael Thomas's fourth quarter. He owned it, getting two TDs with almost the exact same style. Uh, then they don't get the two-point conversion. They have to settle for being down by two. They force Atlanta to punt. They get the ball back, and then Will Lutz hits a field goal for the win. This is an incredible game, Dominic. Atlanta controlled this game from start to finish. I was very surprised. I thought this was going to be more of a one-sided game. But you saw Jameis Winston stats in the first three quarter three quarters, Dominic. Very unimpressive. And in the fourth quarter, he and Michael Thomas put the team on his back without Kamara doing much. And uh, yeah, it was very impressive to, to see from those Saints. And I'm really happy Michael Thomas had this game uh, because obviously he missed the entirety of last season. And uh, yeah, he had two nice receiving TDs, great throws by Jameis Winston, and really like. As a DB, it's hard to defend those throws, the back shoulder one, when you got a receiver as good as Michael Thomas. But great comeback by the Saints and Atlanta Dominic pulling another lead. Yeah, super sad story in Atlanta. Arthur Smith was livid at the press conference. I mean, I understand this guy's really competitive. And quite frankly, there's nothing on this Atlanta roster that, that blows me away. Maybe Kyle Pitts here and maybe... Cotterell Patterson still running yeah. like he was running last year. This guy out of nowhere, hats off to him. But no, Winston put it up to Michael Thomas and some beautiful catches, as you said, with Michael Thomas. I mean, this guy needed it. The Saints win. Expect the Saints in New Orleans next week versus those Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That should be a good one. Yeah, Dominic, talk about kickers this weekend, Dominic, and how important they were, whether they made field goals or whether they missed field goals. We talk about Will Lutz making a 51-yarder as time expired in that game. We talked about Cincy and Pittsburgh, how crucial the field goal kickers were in that game. 
Then you got the, of course, a lot more to talk about in this game between the Panthers, Dominic, jumping forward, the Panthers and uh, the Cleveland Browns. But Cleveland Browns uh, were down in this game 24 to 23 late in the game. Uh, and then rookie kicker, Dominic, I believe he was the only kicker that was uh, actually drafted um, in uh, in this year's uh, NFL draft, York, making a 58-yard field goal, Dominic. How about that for your debut? A 58-yard field goal goes to the uprights and gives a... Cleveland Browns, a 1-0 start to the season. Uh, spoiling Baker Mayfield's, you know, party, really wanting to, to come back and avenge against his former team. But it was the Cleveland Browns, Dominic, and the running game that looked good in this one. And like I said, kickers were a big part of this weekend. And New York makes a 58-yard field goal for the win in his rookie debut. Yeah, beautiful kick to win this football game. Absolutely. I mean, Cleveland deserved to win this game. Nick Chubb, 22 carries, 141 yards. I mean, you got to give him the victory. But the guy that's going to get the heat, in my personal opinion, is Matt Rule. Mm-hmm. Dude, what are you doing playing Robbie Anderson that much in this football game? Where is Terrace Marshall? To me, this guy is a sleeping star on your football team, and you're rather throwing a play action super late into the game. As usual, Robbie Anderson comes up with his one big catch of the game. I mean... <laughs> It's horrible. I blame this on Matt Rule. 10 carries for Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. That's not enough. I mean, if Christian McCaffrey's not ready to play football, take a seat, give the ball to Dante Foreman. You signed him for a reason. I didn't like Matt Rule's game plan whatsoever. And that's the reason why they lost this game. I was just going to bring that up, Dominic. Christian McCaffrey, like I talked about in the offseason, you want to get other guys more involved. But with, you know, one of the star players in the NFL, Dominic, getting only 10 carries, uh, 33 yards and a TD. What do you make of that, Dominic? What do you think that's maybe? He's not ready. He obviously had an injury. He's just not ready. He's like, oh, put me in, coach. I'm good to go. Yeah, you're (laughs) going to get the ball 10 times against the Cleveland Browns. When you look at Jacoby Brissett, 18 for 34, he didn't light it up. Carolina had ample of opportunities to do well in this football game they did not they got run over by nick chubb and again i blame this on matt rule he should have found out earlier whether or not christian mccaffrey was 100 percent for this football game he was not and his stats clearly in my opinion showcase what i just said yeah, we had a few upsets uh, this weekend, Dominic. That game being one of them. Uh, let's jump to another game, Dominic. One of your choice. I already picked three of them. I, there's a bunch of games to choose from. I can let you choose the next one, Dominic, to recap. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go to the Baltimore Ravens versus the Jets. Yes, the Baltimore Ravens win this one 24-9. Not a super flashy game by Lamar Jackson, but mm-hmm. just enough to win this football game. Baltimore clearly has a problem right now running the football, which is a shocker. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm looking at these stats, Kenyon Drake, when Kenyon Drake, he just jumped on this football team, not even two weeks ago. And he's got like what? 31 yards, averaging 2.8 yards a carry. I'm going to chalk this up as Ronnie Stanley, not playing in this football game. That guy's a huge factor as an offensive lineman for those Baltimore Ravens. They missed him. It clearly showed, but yet The Ravens managed to walk away with a beautiful victory. And I just love Lamar's arm in this game going deep. Granted, it's about all he has right now with his ability to throw a ball. But boy, is it nice when you saw Rashad Bateman catch that long ball, 55-yarder for a TD. That put them over the top. And then they won this game 24-9. to Yeah, that was refreshing to see that nice long bomb there to Lamar because they Lamar struggled early in this first quarter and he wasn't really able to find guys down the field. Uh, Mark Andrews having a quiet game in this one. I just know Lamar didn't seem ready or didn't seem cool and collective under the pocket. That Jets defense really came to play. Their secondary uh, had, a, had a heck of a game early on in this one. And uh, yeah, really that uh, you're not really going to have to score many points uh, if you're playing the Jets and Joe Flacco and Baltimore scored 24 in this one with the Jets. Um, only putting up nine in this one. Uh, eventually, like like we talked about, Dominic, in the, in the second half, the Ravens really did get things going. Um, and yeah, just uh, I think Jets fans are just really hoping to uh, to get Zach Wilson back as, as quickly and as soon as possible. But yeah, you know, for, for the Ravens, Dominic, that's something they're going to have to fix because beating a team like the Jets is, you know, like, 
you, you assume that most teams are going to beat the Jets even when they're not on. But Baltimore has high expectations this year um, and, you know, struggling to run the football as much as they did. Like you just mentioned, is going to be a problem. And even, too, in the passing game, uh, I expect, you know, Mark Andrews to have a bit more of a, an impact here, having five catches, 52 yards, which isn't bad. A lot of it there was in garbage time. But, yeah, Baltimore is going to have to, uh, you know, pick it up a little bit, Dominic, if, uh, if they want to contend for the AFC North title. 100% agree. I know John Harbaugh knows what he's doing, so I'm not worried whatsoever for those Ravens. I want to jump to a divisional matchup in the AFC South, a game that ended in a tie. We already have our first tie after week one. The Colts and Texans tie at 20 apiece. The Texans had this game dominating. I couldn't, I was shocked, shocked. The first half was totally dominated by Houston. The first three quarters were to- totally dominated by the Houston Texans. Uh, and you and I both picked those Colts to win the division. And uh, I really thought the Colts were going to come out of this one and, you know, win by double digits fairly easily. They were down 20 to three, folks, 20 to three going to the fourth quarter. The Colts came back and made it a game. Michael Pittman. Uh, a guy that's becoming very familiar with the Indianapolis Colts. Nine catches, 121 yards, a TD, having a big fourth quarter for them. And uh, Jonathan Taylor doing his thing. 31 carries, a buck 61 on the ground, and a rushing touchdown, 5.2 yards per carry. Uh, Matty Ice throwing for 350 yards, while Davis Mills throwing for 240. The Texans let one slip, Dominic. And I know if you, you look, if you said before the game, if you're a Texans fan, would you have been happy with the tie? Most Texans fans probably would have said yes. But they were up 20 to 3. They let the Colts come back 20 to 20. They tied the game up. It goes to overtime. And what got me the most annoyed about this, Dominic, was the Houston Texans punted late in this game, late in the, at the end of, at the end of overtime, not even regulation. And they played for the tie. And it was like, look, when you're up by 17 points, you're underdogs, you're playing at home. It's your first game of the season. You're trying to do everything you can for the win. For me, punting in that situation is showing a team, look, we, we stole this game. We stole, you know, we were supposed to lose. Let's let, let's, let's be happy with the tie. Uh, you know, we didn't lose this game. That's great. We came in as underdogs and you know what? We'll settle for that. And if you're the Houston Texans and Lovey Smith, like, no, come on, like have some guts, go for it. You don't get it. Worst case, the other teams come back and you lose the game. And okay, you can say, yeah, that's worst case. Well, I mean, to me, a tie is not much better than a win at the end of the day. You're not winning. I don't think anybody goes home happy after a tie. Uh, anyway, all that to say, Dominic, is I think Houston should have went for it late in the at the end of overtime, um, and that Houston had this game in the bag, but Indianapolis uh, came through at fourth quarter and uh, clutched up and ended up uh, coming away with the tie. Yeah, I agree 100% with what you just said. I think both teams are feeling sour after this one. So much sour that good old blanker chip missed his field goal. <laughs> And unfortunately, now he's out of a job. He gone. He gone. He gone for sure. <laughs> and you know what? That's Israel calling down to the coach saying, this guy is gone. I could only imagine. He's thinking Super Bowl this year and every single game counts for those Indianapolis Colts. I'll do a small correction. I did take Indy probably midway through preseason, but I changed it to Tennessee. I'm sticking with Tennessee to win this division. That and a game so- like this. You know, if that tie ends up being the reason why Indianapolis doesn't win the division, man, are they ever going to be bad? But Blanker Chip is gone. Indianapolis should be moving in the right direction. Houston, on the other hand, big question marks in that running game. I think Lovey Smith needs to figure that out quick. Otherwise, Houston's going nowhere. Yeah, um, I Agree with that. Didn't get really much on the ground. I like Davis Mills, Dominic. I feel like he's a guy we don't talk about too, too much just because all the other quarterbacks that were drafted last year. And statistically speaking, it was Mac Jones who had the best year out of all those QBs. But Davis Mills, you know, had a a solid start to his NFL career. And like, you're not going to get too, too much attention when you're on the Houston Texans there. But uh, folks, keep an eye on uh, Davis Mills and those Houston Texans potentially now. I don't want to say to win that division, but when you, the Tennessee Titans, Dominic, and you lose to the New York Giants 21 to 20, I don't know that division seems to be up for grabs. Sure is up for grabs. And I'm going to go with coaching. Whoever coaches the best, you got three good coaches. You got to put Lovey Smith in there. He's an experienced coach. Doug Peterson, you won a Super Bowl. Frank Wright won a Super Bowl with Doug Peterson. And finally, you got yourself the guy who I think is the best coach in the division without a Super Bowl, but maybe this year, Mike Vrabel. Keep an eye on those Tennessee Titans. 
So, Dominic, speaking of about those Titans, obviously we've got to talk about that week one performance. Are you worried about the Titans just yet? Not at all. I mean, the Titans came out, they balled. Unfortunately, they came out short. And you got to lift up your hat to Brian Dable going for an extra point at the end of the day. Yeah. That added that just an extra little pressure for that drive for Tennessee to go to get to get the field goal. They should have got the field goal, but they didn't. And the Giants end up winning that game. So, no, I'm not worried for Tennessee. They just happen to lose one of those tight wins, which happens every year in the NFL. Uh, very refreshing to see Saquon Barkley, Dominic, pulling off a nice one, well, more than one nice run, but that one run near the end of the game uh, where he busted it open. 18 carries, uh, 164 yards, a TD. Uh, he looked good. And obviously getting that two-point convert, it was so nice to see how hyped he was after getting those two points. I was happy, you know, that the Giants won. It was nice to see. And like Dave, but like you talked about, Dominic, should be a good addition for these Giants uh, coming away victorious in his first game. Talking about teams, be uh, about teams that we need to potentially be worried about Dominic. We've been so focused on Sunday that we didn't even talk about the Monday night game yet or the opener and Thursday night. Let's jump to that Thursday night game, Dominic, between the Bills and the Rams. 10-10 at halftime. It wasn't too bad of a game. And then the Bills just completely exploded in the second half. For those Rams, Dominic, I'm going to ask you, should you be should we be worried, number one? And something that I'll state here is I thought that the Rams – tried to, for, or maybe not the Rams, Jenna, but Stafford, I love the connection he has with Cooper Cup, Dominic, but I think that when you're looking at Cup and then he's not open and you're throwing the ball away or taking a sack, like, that's problematic. Of course, Cooper Cup is a stud. He's great, but there was a play late in the game where Cooper Cup was double covered and Stafford just took the sack. Is Look, this guy's amazing, but Stafford's going to have to rely on other guys too because Cooper Cup had a great year, arguably one of the best years, if not the best, as a receiver last year. And, you know, defenses know that, okay? And you, will, you won't be able to force-feed Cup the ball and get wins uh, like you were able to last year just because, like, the, the NFL changes, defenses get quicker. And you saw it in this game. Cooper Cup had a ton of catch in this game. I believe he had 13. But at the end of the day, the Rams only put up 10 points. I was surprised. I think the Rams came out flat. And I think, you know, it may have been uh, due to the fact that, you know, most of these guys didn't play in the preseason. The Rams, at the end of the day, will figure it out under Sean McVay. But, yes, you're absolutely right. You know, that injury to the elbow of Matthew Stafford, obviously is going to be something to keep an eye on the entire season. It's going to be wonky. It's going to be at 75 to 95%, but it will not be a hundred percent. And the other horrible addition to this offense right now, and it just looked horrible was Allen Robinson yeah. for those Rams. That to me, they better look at whether or not they can bring back Odell Beckham, whoever gets their hands on Odell Beckham, I think will definitely improve tremendously. I think the Rams should pick him up. If they do, they're fine. If they don't, they're still fine. But as we talked about it last week, this division will be about adversity. Whoever can go through the adversity will come out on top in that division. So I'm not worried about those Rams at all this year in the NFL. I'm on you with that, Dominic, about Odell. I think, you know... We Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup. Yes, Cooper Cup was awesome. Yeah, I'd love to have him on my team. But Odell does, you know, stretch the field for them and is able to uh, kind of alleviate some of that pressure off of Cup and, uh, you know, allow Stafford to kind of look for the extra guy. So, yeah, I think that was, you know, a bigger loss than than people anticipated. Uh, look, it's just week one. We love overreactions in week one. But, uh, yeah, definitely something to keep an eye on, Dominic, is if Cooper Cup continues to get uh, a bulk of the targets, is uh, if they're not putting up points, you know, how is this going to affect the team later on? Uh, a bunch more games to talk about, Dominic. Uh, pick one uh, to uh, dissect. Yeah, absolutely. Let's jump to the, the Chicago Bears against the San Francisco 49ers. This, to me was not a surprise as I've been saying it since day one that Trey Lance is a bag of poo. And unfortunately for the 49ers, they haven't figured it out yet. 13 for 28, 164 yards, one interception. This team is going to continue to lose until Jimmy G is the starting quarterback for those San Francisco 49ers. They might win one here. They might win one there. But, oh, what a horrible quarterback. I'm sorry, Trey Lance. You are terrible. You got so much pressure on your shoulders. And unfortunately, that's your organization's fault. It's not yours. You should have been free as a bird coming in after maybe year two, which is, hey, it is year two. Now mm -hmm. you're here. But unfortunately, in my opinion, 
you're just probably either on the wrong football team or you're just you're not a starting quarterback. Let's talk about a starting quarterback on the other side. Justin Fields, this guy, not a flashy game whatsoever, but enough to get it done Mm -hmm. with our good old friend, Kelly Herbert coming in nine carries, 45 yards, one touchdown. This guy is a weapon. Keep an eye on Kelly Herbert in fantasy football. Pick him up. There's nobody in in, in, uh, Chicago. There's Justin Fields. There's Darnell Mooney. You got Donald Mooney, you got Herbert, and you got Fields. That's the Chicago Bears. But hey, Fields still managed to find a way to win the game. That's why my hat's off is to him. The San Francisco 49ers, you better wake up soon. As we said, after game three, who's going to be the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers? I'm going to say Jimmy Garoppolo. Hey, I think a lot of people are on that same bagwagon as you, Dominic. Not the prettiest game in terms of the weather. It was absolutely pouring there. Uh, Mother Nature was not kind to either of these teams. And yeah, I think like you said, Dominic, you said it well. It wasn't super pretty performance by Justin Fields. Play of the game's got to be when he uh, when he rolled out and, uh, you know, hit uh, Pettis on that uh, 51-yard bomb there. And, you know, that was their first score of the game. And then from there, they kind of rallied. Chicago defense played well. A uh, bit of a tough game for, for both teams and both offenses really because of the weather. But uh, yeah, Chicago Bears, impressive win there coming in as the underdog too. Great way to start off your season in a home opener. But yeah, San Francisco, Dominic, a lot of question marks there. And now with Elijah Mitchell, expected to miss some time, Dominic. Uh, You know, this was a team that a lot of people picked to win the division. I think, uh, you know, they're going to have to uh, bounce back and bounce back fairly quickly because uh, this division is uh, not forgiving to any team. Uh, I'm debating between two games, Dominic. I'm going to go first off with the, I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Dominic, the Dallas Cowboys, 19 to three. Tampa Bay wins this game. I feel bad for this Cowboys defense, Dominic, because they did a fairly good job in shutting down Tom Brady and this high-powered offense. Uh, Chris Godwin did lead the game, yes. Mike Evans was still there. Leonard Fournette had a good game. But Micah Parsons had a good game himself. They were letting the the uh, Bucks march down the field, and they were just kind of bend, 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 but not break. But my gosh, Dominic, was this Cowboys offense poor. And, you know, let's – we're not, like, not even just going to say, like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, Dak got injured, and, like, since then they had no chance. If Dak Prescott finished the game, they were not scoring more than three points. They just didn't look organized. Uh, Dak seemed to start off the game well. They started off with a with a field goal, and they said, "Okay, look, maybe this Dallas team um, has what it takes." But CD Lamb, you know, with a couple drops there, and you know, Dak just not looking comfortable. And that Tampa Bay defense seemed to be jumping everything. I think the Dallas Cowboys are in huge, huge trouble, Dominic. Even if uh, Dak Prescott, you know, wasn't injured, unfortunately, he's going to require surgery on his finger. Miss, I believe it's six to eight weeks. But yeah, right now, Dominic, if I'm a Cowboys fan, I'm you know shaking in my boots. I don't think that uh, this team uh, really has what it takes now with Rush the quarterback position to fight for this division and even fight for a wild card spot at this point. I know it's early, it's overreaction uh, week one, but that's one of my overreactions on it. The Cowboys are in deep trouble. The Cowboys are in deep trouble. But it all started when they gave Dak Prescott that huge contract that he should have never got. So now that you've dealt with the contract, now that you've seen Dak being injured a second year in a row, what are you going to do? You know what? I'll tell you what they're going to do. They're going to ride Mike McCarthy's intelligence to the playoffs. I know that's a bold statement, what I just said, but I don't see anybody competitive in this division. So why would I change my pick of the Dallas Cowboys? I'm going to stick with it. And I'm going to stick with it for the one and only reason is that you can win football games by running the damn ball. Ezekiel Elliott is not a bad running back. You got to make this guy the star of your team. Don't go throw 11 targets to CD Lamb when you see him only being able to catch two balls. Two balls on 11 targets? What is this? So I'll tell you what's going to happen. Quite frankly, it's simple. You're going to have an unknown quarterback, Cooper Rush, that's going to win more games than he's going to lose. And you're going to have Ezekiel Elliott doing just enough to keep this team competitive. And they will be at very worst one game under 500 in a division that at the end of the day, one person is going to come out of that division, probably off a tiebreaker. And I'm not going to say that the Dallas Cowboys are dead yet. Like everyone else, everyone's panicking. 
you know what you got with Dak Prescott. He's not a great quarterback. You got to find a way to win without Dak Prescott. Luckily for Dallas, they have Ezekiel Elliott, and he will ride the Dallas Cowboys to the playoffs. A few things to say on that, Dominic. Definitely the Cowboys will have to ride Zeke and he is going to need to touch the ball, you know, probably 30 times a game. It's going to be Zeke Pollard, but I think it's really going to have to be up to Ezekiel Elliott uh, to carry this team literally to the playoffs uh, if they intend on making it. And yeah, it's going to have to be almost a run first team. I know that sounds strange uh, with the weapons they have in Gallup. Don't forget, supposed to come back within the next few weeks there. Um, so yeah, I think there's a ton, a ton of pressure on Zeke Dominic and it'd be nice for him to have a bounce back year after last year, but Dominic, I was impressed with those Philadelphia Eagles, Dominic. I really was. I was impressed with the connection that, uh, that Ertz had with AJ Brown, AJ Brown having a ton of yards. I believe you have over 160 receiving yards in that victory over the Lions. Now, mind you, they should not be only being the Lions by three, and that defense did not look great, uh, letting those Detroit Lions put up 35 points on them. But right now, Dominic, like, I I love sticking with my pick, and yes, preseason, I did pick the Cowboys to win the division, but if if I was a betting man, there's no doubt in my mind right now that I'm picking the Eagles to win the NFC East. You know, I'm not a Jalen Hurts fan at all. And when I see a guy being traded on a football team and taking over this football team, that locker room, they might all seem nice and dandy right now, but A.J. Brown, 13 targets, 10 reception, 155 yards. Don't get me wrong. You traded for him. It's beautiful to watch. But as the season progresses, if I see Devontae Smith only get four targets and zero receptions, like, to me, that's mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be a happy camper. And it's Jalen Hurts' responsibility to feed every receiver to make them happy. The stars that I'm talking about. But Jalen Hurts isn't a great quarterback. So all he's going to do, he's going to go with his one-trick pony play, which is obviously A.J. Brown, until that gets snuffed out by great defenses in the NFL. I'm not buying the Eagles. I do like their defense. They have a lot of depth there, but I don't trust this football team. This is a week one hype. Talk to me at the end of the year where Philadelphia is. They probably will not be in the playoffs, but considering that what just happened to Dak Prescott, clearly the door is a lot wider open for them to do it. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm kind, I am with you, Dominic, on the Jalen Hurts train. Not sure I believe in him. Not a big fan of his. I just think that, you know, right now, if you look at that division, it's it, it's hard to say there's definitely another quarterback better than him. And, you know, we obviously have to see what uh, what Rush is able to do with these Cowboys. But, uh, yeah, it's going to uh, it's gonna take a lot, obviously, for those Cowboys. And right now, I, I got to say, I trust Hurts over anybody that starts for the Cowboys just because of uh, the situation there and, and without Dak. Um Dom, let's uh, bounce back to a few more games, Dominic, and then we can start making our picks. But yeah, week one, Dominic, other games that uh, you want to talk about? Touch briefly on a few big ones. Minnesota beating the Green Bay Packers. Wow. I mean, Minnesota came in with the high-flying offense. They delivered. Jefferson basically was the best receiver this week in the NFL. And for Aaron Rodgers, I just want to see the prima donna attitude scaled back a bit. If you do that, Amen. Amen. You you can relax. Just relax. You know, you want to relax. You want to meditate and all that. Lay off your receivers a bit. Gain their trust and confidence and everything will be a-okay. Rogers is fine. He'll find his receiver. If he doesn't find it, he's going to go pick one up in the free agents. Look for either Odell Beckham to join this team or T.Y. Hilton if nothing works within the first five weeks of the NFL season. Yeah, the, this was exactly what I was expecting from the Green Bay Packers, Dominic. I, it was like, I, I can't even say, like, if I would have predicted a final score, I didn't I didn't predict the Vikings to win 23-7. to seven. I predicted the Vikings to win this game. But I, I'm not, I, I thought the Packers were going to score more than seven, yes, but I'm not really surprised. You know, I just, he, the, Rogers doesn't have really many guys to throw to. Um, there is Sammy Watkins, and like, yeah, he, he's once upon a time, he was a great receiver, but I do think they have to go after somebody. Um, and I think that, you know, Rogers is not a guy that you want to be a captain of your team. And 
Of course, it sucks on the first play of the game when you're throwing a long bomb to one of your rookies and he drops a touchdown. Yes, but like I'm I'm with you. I'm tired of seeing him roll his eyes and you know, look to the sideline and all me, all my, everyone feel bad for me. Rodgers is a great quarterback. He's ar- arguably the best quarterback in the league, but he's not a winner and he's not a leader, Dominic. And I think that as much as I don't like Tom Brady, I think when he gets the comparisons to Tom Brady, people get upset just because Brady may not be as talented at Rod- as Rodgers, but he's going to give his players, you know, crap when they need to, but he's not going to shrug his shoulders, roll his eyes, throw his guys under the bus. Whereas Rogers has been from the start of his career, um, and I think that you know Packers fans that seem to back up Rogers, I think I just think it's a thing that they love their quarterback, they love their team, they're in denial, they don't want to admit it. But for me, since entering the league, Dominic Rogers has never been a leader, um, and I think that this is the worst possible situation for him without a true number one uh, and him having literally to do it all on his own this year. Don't think it's going to work out for him, and I think we're going to see a lot more of him rolling his eyes. Um, and uh, yes, stop it off, Dominic. The Monday Nighter, Seattle stunning those Denver Broncos, winning 17 to 16. Geno Smith having a, a very good first half, uh, having a productive game overall. Russell Wilson, Dominic, looking okay, not great, but those Denver Broncos deciding to kick that 64 yard field goal instead of going for it on fourth and five when you're paying all that money to Russell Wilson. That makes no sense to me. Seattle wins uh, and hands Russell Wilson a loss. And I was quite surprised to see the fans boo. Russell Wilson too, Dominic. Yeah, Russell Wilson. I mean, you want to talk about another prima donna? In my opinion, there is another prima donna. Russell Wilson this, Russell Wilson that. Granted, Hackett, bad call. What are you doing? Yeah. I'll give him that. Yeah. Other than that, let's see what Russell can do this year. He had a pretty decent game, 340 yards. You can't go wrong with that. But only one touchdown. I don't know. I don't trust Denver this year. The Seahawks. Good job on Geno Smith to keep his eyes downfield. And I think we just saw the coming out party, in my opinion, of DK Metcalf. He was battling all game. One of the best DBs in the game in Pat Sertain the second. That, to me, showed me that this guy's ready to play this year. He will be huge for those Seahawks. And just before we go on to our starting our picks, we got one more game to cover. The Chargers and the Raiders. What did you think, William, of all the Chargers against the Raiders? Yeah, I thought that was a great game, Dominic. I thought it was kind of what I expected there. A lot of Devontae Adams and the Derek Carr connection. Uh, very good game, back and forth. Well, the Chargers, it wasn't back and forth. The Chargers control the game, and they almost let those Las Vegas Raiders, Dominic, uh, come back and steal it there. But, uh, no, a close game, definitely something I'd expect out of both these teams. Uh, impressed, impressed, honestly. Like, I think after this game, I can see both these teams uh, making it to the playoffs and uh, not, uh, not super surprising to see these two teams battle in a close one especially since it was a divisional matchup let's jump to our week two slate of games we had an incredible week one hope that uh, week two will be just half as good as uh, as this past weekend was very good stuff First up, Dominic, Thursday Night Football, we got the Los Angeles Chargers at the Kansas City Chiefs. That was a game we didn't talk about. The Chiefs steamrolling those Arizona Cardinals. Was very impressed with that offense. Some are saying the Chiefs will be even better without Tyreek Hill. Chiefs, Chargers, I think this one's going to be a very good one, Dominic. AFC West matchup. Give me a shootout in this one. I'm going to go 35-31 Chiefs just covering the spread. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you that the Chiefs are on a mission. They were by far, in my opinion, the best team in the NFL last week. Some might say Buffalo was, but I'm sticking with Kansas City. Kansas City wins this one convincingly, 28-10, to and just like a Pat Mahomes show. I know two weeks ago I said Pat Mahomes, all he's got to do is manage this football team, but it seems like Pat Mahomes is going to take what he wants, and he's taking the NFL this year. Give me Pat Mahomes. 28 to 10. Next up, we got the Indianapolis Colts at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Indianapolis favored by four. Oof, give me the Colts to bounce back in this one, Dominic. I like Indianapolis winning at Jacksonville 20 to 14 over the Jags. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I think Matt Ryan turned it on late in the game last week. I think that carries over. And Jacksonville, well, unfortunately, If they don't find an identity quick, it's going to be a long season for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Give me Indianapolis 30 to 10. All right. Next up, we got the New York Jets at the Cleveland Browns. Dominic, I'll throw this one over to you. Browns favored by six. 
Browns favored by six. I like Cleveland's defense. They showed up last week. Expect them to show up again against, unfortunately, the Jets, which has absolutely nothing going for themselves (laughs) as we speak. Give me Cleveland and a tight game, 24 to 20. I'm going to go Cleveland beating the Jets by a very similar score to what they lost to the week before. 23-9 to Cleveland over the New York Jets. Cleveland Browns improved to 2-0 with Jacoby Brissett. Next up, New England Patriots at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ooh, this is going to be a good one, Dominic. I'm going to throw this one over to you. New England favored by one and a half. I don't know who's starting for the New England Patriots as quarterback this week. That will be a big question mark. But regardless... I really don't like Mitch Trubinsky. And without TJ Watt, that basically takes the entire lifeline out of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Give me a, actually, it's not an upset. Just give me the New England Patriots by three, 20 to 17. Dominic, I was tempted to go with your Pittsburgh Steelers, but ultimately I'm going to go with the Pats. Give me New England 17-16, a bit of a low-ish scoring game. I just think that, uh, you know, Mac Jones will be better than Mr. Trubisky in this game. Comes down to as simple as that. Next up, battle of two 1-0 teams, the Miami Dolphins at the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore favored by three and a half, Dom. Yeah, Baltimore at home is a hard team to beat. I expect a really good battle. This game is going to be maybe even the game of the week. I think Lamar shines in this game. Give me Baltimore 28-24. to 24. Last year, Dominic, when these two teams played, the Dolphins uh, completely stomped all over the Ravens, and their defense made Lamar look silly. I don't expect the defense to have as much success in this one, but I do think they'll get the better of Lamar. Give me my Dolphins to win in an upset 20-17 to 17 over Baltimore to improve to 2-0. Next up, Washington Commanders at the Detroit Lions. Detroit favored by 2.5 in this one. Wow, whenever do you see the Detroit Lions being favored? You know what? I'm going to jump on that, and I'm going to go with the Detroit Lions to win their first game of the season, 24 to 20. Give me Jared Goff uh, to have the football late in that fourth quarter and hitting Amon State Brown for a touchdown to seal the deal and to give the Lions their first victory of the season. Yeah, I absolutely love the offensive line for Detroit right now. Give me DeAndre Swift to have a career day, 200 yards. DeAndre Swift coming up party. Give me Detroit, 30 to 17. Hey. Good stuff. Swift. Next up, we got the Carolina Panthers at the New York Giants. Panthers underdogs in this one playing on the road. Two and a half point favorites are the Giants. I'm going to go with Carolina in this one, Dominic. They, Baker Mayfield has a sour taste in his mouth. Uh, he's going to want to, uh, you know, obviously uh, bounce back after that performance, losing uh, to his former team in the Cleveland Browns. Giants, I really like what they did against Tennessee Titans. Uh, the defense looked pretty good. The offense did what it had to do when it needed to. But I think Baker has a big game in this one, Dominic. And I think he shows why the Carolina Panthers took a chance on him. Give me those Carolina Panthers. I'm going to go 31-17 to 17 over the Giants. Yeah, I'm really worried about the New York Giants this year with the offensive coordinator, Mike Kafka. This should be Brian Dable just controlling this entire offense, but it's not. It's actually Mike Kafka. And I think the reason why we're seeing that is because Daniel Jones is just not a great quarterback. That being said, they still win this game in a snoozer 13 to 10. All right, next up, we got a divisional matchup. The Tom Brady, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Jameis Winston, New Orleans Saints. Tampa favored by three in this one. This should be a good matchup, Dom. I like Tampa Bay in a very tight one here. Give me Tampa 24 to 23 uh, over the division rivals. I think that um, Leonard Fournette will have two rushing TDs in this one. Godwin probably not going to play in this game for Tampa Bay. But I think with Evans, Brady, uh, and that uh, that offensive Cameron Brady, too, who Brady has a good connection with, I think will be just enough to beat those Saints. So give me uh, Tampa Bay and the Bucs in that one. Yeah, this will come down to whether or not Alvin Kamara is 100% or even plays in this game. I think he does. I like the Saints in this game. The Saints have Tampa Bay's number. Let's not sugarcoat it. They will pretty much destroy Tampa Bay again. Give me New Orleans 30-13. to 13. Wow, an upset there. I like it, Dominic. 
Next up, we got the Seattle Seahawks playing at the San Francisco 49ers. I was shocked to see the point spread in this one. San Fran is here by eight and a half points. Not only am I not going to pick San Fran to cover, I'm going to pick Seattle to win this game outright, Dominic, in very similar fashion to how they did it uh, against the Denver Broncos in Monday Night Football. Give me Seattle 17 to 16. Uh, I just think, like you said, Dominic, Trey Lance hasn't shown he deserves to be the starter yet. I do think he'll play, be playing quarterback in this game. Uh, you know, we've heard it from, from everywhere in San Francisco. He is the quarterback of this team. I just think Seattle is going to take this game on the road 17-16. Man, the Seattle Seahawks. I was hard on them right before the season started, but I was wrong, folks. I'll admit it when I'm wrong. I love Pete Carroll. I said it from the very beginning of preseason that I'm a huge Pete Carroll fan. That hasn't changed. They have two great offensive rookies at the offensive line in Charles Cross and Abraham Lucas. These guys are the real deal. The running game will support Seattle all year. Give me Seattle as well, 30 to 27. Yeah, very surprised to see the point spread in that one. Four o'clock games, Atlanta Falcons at the Los Angeles Rams. Rams favored by 10 and a half. I think this is going to be uh, the game where we see the Rams play the Rams, the defending Super Bowl champions. Kind of, I guess it's going to be a tune-up game against the Atlanta Falcons. But look, you never know. They just, just, uh, the Saints just squeezed by Atlanta there. But I think uh, the Rams are going to uh, come out guns a-blazing in this one and win this one 31-13. The spread's way too high in this game. I'm worried. I really am. I will still take the Rams to win, but a closer one than people think, 30-27. to 27. All right, next up, we got the Houston Texans at the Denver Broncos. Broncos favored by 10, Dominic. Broncos, Broncos, Broncos. Do they show up? Yes, they do. They're playing the lonely little Houston Texans. <laughs> Give me Denver in mile high, convincingly 35-7. to 7. I'm going to go Denver as well, Dominic. However, I'm going to say this game goes to OT and then Brandon McManus kicks the game-winning field goal, wins 27-24. I can see Houston come away with the upset. This is a, a quote-unquote trap game for me uh, for the Denver Broncos, but I ultimately think that they will come up victorious and that Russell Wilson will get his first victory in a Broncos uniform. Next up, we got the Cincinnati Bengals at the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas obviously going to be quarterbacked by Rush now for the time being. Cincinnati coming off a heartbreaking loss in overtime to those Steelers. I think they bounce back in this one. I think we see Joe Burrow throw two passing touchdowns to Jamar Chase in this one. Give me those Bengals. I'm going to go final score of 30 to 14, Cincy. Now, this is going to be a good football game, believe it or not. But at the end of the day, in the fourth quarter, Cincinnati just can score at will. Whether they're behind or anything like that, this game will be interesting because I think a lot of people are calling the Dallas Cowboys season over. I think they're going to prove a lot of people wrong, but they still lose. Give me Cincinnati 35 to 33. We got a battle of two 0-1 teams, Dominic, between the Arizona Cardinals and the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders favored by five and a half. Big game for both teams. I want to see how Arizona comes out in this game. I want to see how Kyler Murray comes out in this game after a very poor performance uh, by the entire team there in Arizona. I don't think they show up for the second straight week. And I think the Raiders with Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, and Darren Waller on that high-powered offense get the job done and beat the Arizona Cardinals by a final score of 27-17. to 17. Hard game to predict. It's yeah. in Las Vegas, so you have to take the home team. I really want to take Arizona, but I think Josh McDaniels, you better wake up soon, my friend, because you got no running game, and all you're doing is throwing to Devontae Adams. That has to stop. Give me Vegas in a tight one, 20-17. to 17. Next up, Dominic, divisional matchup, Chicago Bears at the Green Bay Packers, Sunday night football, Packers favored by 10. Oof. I'm going to go with Green Bay in this one, but in a tight one, 19 to 17. I think both offenses do struggle in this one. I think Rodgers has similar problems to the week before. Uh, however, I think Aaron Jones rushes for over 100 yards in this one, puts the team on his back, and uh, is the reason the Packers win this one over Chicago. Yeah, I'm going to agree. I think Green Bay is definitely way too stronger than the Chicago Bears. I think people will be changing the channel probably at halftime. Give me a blowout. <laughs> 42 to 17. Dominic, we have two Monday night football games uh, a week two. Super exciting. Usually we have them in week one. This week, uh, it's coming in week two. No complaints here. Two great matchups. We got one, the Tennessee Titans 
at the Buffalo Bills. That game will be on at 7.15. Buffalo favored by 9.5 in this one. I think after that week one performance, Dominic, it's hard to bet against these Buffalo Bills, even with that point spread. Tennessee, not super impressed. Uh, yeah, I'm a little bit concerned about those Titans, Dominic. I know that you're not, but uh, I think we see why those uh, concerns come into uh, a reality in this game. And I'm going to go Buffalo winning this game by a final score of 32-17 to 17 over Tennessee. Yeah, that's a huge spread. I think it's Buffalo being way overrated. However, they will win this game, but you got to admit that this clock will be ticking all game long. It's a low scoring football game, 20 to 17 Buffalo. Monday Night Football, Dominic, Minnesota Vikings at the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles are favored by one and a half. I think this has the potential to be the game of the week, Dominic. A super, super great way to end the weekend. Oof, this is a tough one to break. I went back and forth in this one, but I'm going to go with the upset and the underdogs in, uh, and the road team in this one. Give me Minnesota to win with Justin Jefferson having another great performance. I see we see. I think we see two great receivers in this one. Both go over 100 yards in uh, the aforementioned Justin Jefferson and A.J. Brown in this one i do agree with you dominic they got to get to Devonte smith the eagles do a few more touches i think he does get a few more touches in this one maybe even a touchdown but i think ultimately the vikings come away victorious i'm gonna go 27 24 vikings on a last second field goal to improve to 2-0 yeah what impressed me a lot about minnesota is that defense if that defense stays healthy they will be a hard team to play against every single week that being said they will destroy hurts I don't even know if Hertz ends up walking off in this football game. I'm going to say injury alert, injury alert. Give me Minnesota 35 to 10. All right, Dominic, with just under two minutes left in the show, I'm curious to get uh, one thing you're super excited to see in week two, Dominic, that the fans listening to the show should look out for. The Chargers versus Kansas City. How yeah. can I not go with that game? Thursday night football will be outstanding. But I really just think that Pat Mahomes is just a great quarterback. This guy is going to take over in the fourth quarter and probably score two to three touchdowns. The game might be tight all the way to the fourth quarter. And then you're going to see the Kansas City Chiefs, the crowd, the whole works. To me, this is the team to beat in the AFC. I like my Baltimore Ravens. But right now, again, as we speak, I don't see anybody being KC. They're just that deep and that good. And it starts with Pat Mahomes. I'm going to go with another primetime game, Dominic. A game we literally just talked about, the Vikings and the Eagles. Uh, I expect to see a good game here. And these are both teams, Dominic, that I think are looking to prove themselves. Minnesota has had the roster uh, to go into the playoffs and to go deep into the playoffs for a while now. Maybe not with Kirk Cousins at, at uh, you know taking snaps under center, but I want to see him prove himself in this game. And Jalen Hurts, we talked about it, Dominic. Not too many believers in him. Philadelphia Eagles trying to show why they're the team to beat in the NFC East. Looking forward to that one. Folks, that's it for the show this week. Hope you enjoy week two. I know Sunday I'm going to be sitting my butt on the uh, couch watching games. We've got a great slate of games in week two. Hope week one is going to be just as great as week two because week one we had incredible, incredible lot of games all right folks hope you enjoy the show be back same time next week you were listening to cjlo 1690 am in montreal